As long as we can breathe, as long as we live in this present world, we have to be bold with our faith. We don't push our faith on anybody. But when they ask me and the door is open, you have to speak the truth and nothing but the truth. Because God's going to hold you responsible. God's going to judge you. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today, Raul will caution us to expect increasing opposition to our faith as our society moves farther and farther from the gospel. As you stay with us here on Somebody Loves You Radio, you'll also find assurance of God's presence when you stand firm in His truth and boldly witness of His love. Let's listen as Raul Reese begins today's lesson, Faithful Disciples Tested. Join us now in Matthew chapter 10, beginning in verse 24. We have here Jesus kind of uh, pushing his disciples out into the world. They've been hanging out with the Lord for a long time now, and now it's time to begin to witness to people. And as the Lord begins to uh, equip them, and to send them out two by twos out into the world. He begins to warn them of something of importance that a lot of times we tend to forget, especially in what's happening in the world today, and that is persecution. And among the believers, we need to understand that we are going to be tested in our faith one of these days. But when you look at the qualifications that Jesus gives in the New Testament in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Who is a real disciple? Well, first of all, the Bible says to become a disciple of Christ, you have to be born again of the Holy Spirit, not joining church membership. That doesn't make you a Christian. You can join any church you want. But by becoming born again of the Holy Spirit, you're making a stand that is divine, And the Holy Spirit works in my heart, in my life, and He changes my life to give me a hunger and a thirst to know God intimately. And it makes me draw the lines in the sand. Things that I can do and things that I cannot do. No rules, no regulations, because of conscience sake. I have to really be careful. So as long as we can breathe, As long as we live in this present world, we have to be bold with our faith. We don't push our faith on anybody. But when they ask me and the door is open, you have to speak the truth and nothing but the truth. Because God's going to hold you responsible. God's going to judge you. And many times people forget that there's a day of judgment coming. And yet we as God's people, we need to know that certainly we are living in the last days, and that the church is going to have to make some very, very serious decisions in the future to come, just like the first church did in the first century. They did make a lot of choices. So here Jesus, the beginning of his ministry, is beginning to prepare his own disciples. 
And he defines what a disciple of Jesus Christ is. The word disciple means a learner, one that is learning about his master. And then they became apostles. Once they learned about who they were in Christ Jesus, then they were sent out with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the whole world. And out of 12 apostles, one was a traitor and he hung himself. And one of them, John, never died of horrible death. He died of natural causes. He's the one that wrote the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and the book of Revelation. And then the other 10, like Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and those guys, they were all horribly persecuted, prosecuted, and killed for the Gospel of Jesus Christ. So there's a lot that the Bible has to give to us. And we need to be ready to see what the Lord wants to do. Because we're encountering a privilege of the gospel of Jesus Christ that God has given to us freely. Let's read the lesson beginning in chapter 10, verse 24. He says, A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher, and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Balzabah, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, and hidden that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul, where? In Gehenna, the lake of fire. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground, apart from that, your father's will? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear. Therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him will I also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Wow, that's pretty intense. Remember in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said that the way to heaven was very, very narrow, and very few people would find it. That's what the Lord's talking about. Look at our first observation in verses 24 and 25. The certainty of persecution, it's, it's a fact. It's going to happen. Just a matter of time. He says in verse 24, A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. Jesus has been talking to them about how they're going to go out and they're going to proclaim the gospel and if they go to a city and they get rejected, what do they do? They shake up the dust from their feet. And now he's telling them that, hey, listen, if I am your master and you're my disciple, and I am going to suffer for you, then you're going to suffer for me. You see? They hadn't seen it yet. But Jesus was going to go to the cross. He was going to be scourged. He was going to be hated by men. And then they were going to hang him on a cross, put nails through his hands and through his feet. After they had beaten him for 39 stripes, they put a crown of thorns on his head. And then they put him on that cross, 
and they begin to make fun of him. Imagine that. And then the Bible says that he looked up to the heavens. There were two thieves, one on his right, one on his left. The one that was cursing him was lost, but the other lost one said, remember me, Jesus, when you come into your place. He says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Confession and repentance of a thief. And when Jesus looked up to the sky, he looked up to the Father. He said, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they're doing. And then he said, Spirit, you're dismissed. And he died. And when they came up with a big rod of iron to break his legs, because the thieves would be up on the cross pushing up, and they would come by and they would break your knees. So when they break your knees, your actual knees would collapse. And hanging on that cross, all the water and blood would go into your throat, and you would slowly suffocate to death and drown in your own blood. But because Isaiah 53 said that Jesus already, it said that not one bone would be broken in his body 550 years before the prophecy came to pass. They came and they never broke one of his bones. He died on his own. I think it's really of importance that we know in who we believe, who is our master, and we are his servants. He's our teacher. He taught us by example. And he's trying to tell the disciples, listen, you guys, you don't see it yet, but it's coming. They're going to spit on you. They're going to whip you. They're going to kick you. They're going to insult you. And eventually, they're going to kill you. Because they have a hate for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so here the Lord is preparing the disciples for coming persecution. Coming persecution, he says in verse 25, it is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Satan, how much more will they call those of his household? I mean, if they call Jesus Satan, I mean, when people insult you, don't be insulted. Don't take it personal. They did it to Jesus. They said that he was Satan. The God of the flies, Belzebub. Imagine that. And he didn't take it personal. He kept quiet. And he continued to preach. Jesus here again is bringing this out to refer to the sufferings that he's going to be going through. And Jesus here forbids the disciples from being surprised when they suffer persecution. He's preparing them for what's ahead. What's going to happen to them. So they're not surprised when they start getting arrested and getting beaten. And getting persecuted. And yet, in 1 Peter chapter 2.21, listen to what he says. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was his seed found in his mouth, who then, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten anybody. But committed himself to God the Father who judges righteously. People tend to forget that end of the sentence there. Righteousness? No. The judgment that is coming. To stand before God. At the white throne judgment. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. For biblical resources to help strengthen your faith, 
Call 800-634-9165 or visit somebodylovesyou.com. You can also email Rawl personally with your prayer requests and Bible questions. His address is pastorrawl at somebodylovesyou.com. Now back to our study in Matthew chapter 10 with the lesson, Faithful Disciples Tested. We should not see ourselves as failures for suffering, ever. As if we're weak. We're not weak as as we suffer. We're strong in the Lord. But we should see our calling as an honor, a privilege for suffering. You say, you're crazy. Where does it say that in the Bible? 2 Timothy 3.12. Listen to what Paul says. Yes, and all who desire to live godly lives in Jesus Christ will suffer persecution. Why do they persecute us? Because we live righteously. We do what's right. We don't steal. We don't lie. We don't cheat. We don't make up stories. We speak the truth. That's why we do it. So important for us to understand this. We can't be like the world. We have to live in the world. But we're not of the world. My children, my grandchildren are watching. My wife, the husband... We need to make a stand for our home, for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. No matter what anybody else does, we're going to serve Jesus Christ. We're not going to bow to Caesar. We're not going to bow to the devil. Paul again in Philippians 1.29 says, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ a privilege, not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake. To suffer for his sake, it's a privilege. It's not a shame. The hymn writer John Newton warns the Christians must expect to suffer in their faith. He writes, why should I complain of want and distress, temptation or pain? He told me no less the heirs of salvation I know from his word through much tribulation must follow their Lord. If he suffered, we also shall suffer. Notice observation number two, verses 26 and 27. Now, the fact of persecutors. Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what I hear in the Spirit, preach on the housetops. And do not fear, that's the third time he said it, and do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Who's that? God. He's the one that destroys in Gehenna. You better be more concerned for your soul than anything else. Than anything else. That's the most important thing. So here Jesus again is preaching and teaching his own disciples that you don't have to be fearful. What does the Bible say? Perfect love casts out all fear. And I think this is something that Jesus is continuing here with his theme of persecution. He now moves to motivation and encouragement. And encouragement. Look, they may strike you, they may beat you, and even if they kill you, guess what? You're in my presence. You're okay. It's only for a little while you'll suffer. And then you'll be with me forever. 
And yet here he's explaining how in awareness of the disciples' privilege, on the one hand, and then God's greatness, especially his fatherhood, on the other, to help the situation as disciples of Jesus Christ. Referring to the persecutors, so do not be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of your persecutors. Whatever they do to you, do not worry. What is he doing? He's encouraging with encouraging words. Believers, Christians. The true disciple of Jesus Christ not only emulates his master, but he also is not afraid of this world. This world's passing away. It's temporal. We should be worrying about eternal. That's the most important thing. According to Luke, in his little, actually says 931, he says, Then the churches throughout all of Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace when they were built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. They were multiplied. The fear of the Lord is so important in the life of every child of God. It's better to fear God than men. In 2 Corinthians 5.11, he says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord... We persuade men, but we are all well known to God. And I also trust as well known to be your consciences. Make sure you know that your conscience is clear. The fear of the Lord is not only an awe and reverence. It's something that we need to possess within our own lives individually as Christians. And then check this out, observation number 3, verses 29 to 31, the divine protector. Verse 29, are not two sparrows sold for a coppersmith? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. You see those little sparrows in your backyard? They help themselves to whatever is there. But imagine as you see all these sparrows flying around and they're not worried about tomorrow. Why should we? We're better than the sparrows. God controls our life. God is our father. And so here, he wants us to understand that God oversees creation. How much more will he oversee who? You and me. Because we're more valuable than the sparrows. More valuable than any bird. Because we are in the Father's will. Verse 30. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Notice that. Because he says, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will, verse 29, not 30. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. And if we look around, some people have a lot of hair and some don't have any hair. Okay? But yet God knows how many hairs in your head. I tell that to Pastor Dale all the time, don't worry about it. <laughs> I knew Dale when he had all kinds of hair. We've known each other almost 50 years. He had a big bush, man. But something happened. I don't know what happened. (laughs) But I think it's really important that we understand what the Bible is teaching us here. That we need to look at nature. And if God takes care of nature, and if He knows exactly how many hairs are on my head, He says what? Do not fear. Therefore, for you, notice, for you are more valuable than many sparrows. I love that. What is he doing? He's encouraging us to really trust in the Lord in everything that we do, everything that we say. We have to live in the world, but we're not of the world. And we need God's word in our minds, in our hearts, 
And we need our conscience to be open when God speaks so that we can be convicted and we can be ready in season and out of season. So we'll be able to do exactly what he says. Why? Because Christ cares for every event, every detail, everything that we have to do, everything that has to do with me, he cares about me and he cares about you. That's why he says, do not fear. Do not fear. I love this because Christ points to five precious facts. Number one, God's providence. What is that? God sees, God knows, God cares, God oversees. Every event, every happening on the earth. He's aware of what's going on in Africa, in Asia, here in the United States, South America, all the world. He's in control. Secondly, God's knowledge, omniscience. God knows every little happening and all that is. And even to the most mute detail, he knows that's why he is God Almighty. He knows when a single sparrow falls to the ground. He knows every one of our hairs and every person. And then thirdly, how about God's power, omnipotence. God is able to control the persecution and events that are happening to every believer. And no matter how detailed or minute it may be, He is behind it. He will help you. He will be there for you. And fourthly, His love and care for each one of us. As persecution comes or problems develop in your life, the Lord is there for you. When you get hurt or there's injury, He is there with you because He's God. And then his purpose, he's able to take all of our injuries, pain, afflictions, any sin that we've committed, and forgive us. And instead of giving us and bringing us to shame, he brings us to the cross of Jesus Christ to show us that we truly have been forgiven, cleansed and washed, ready to go to heaven. And then fourth and finally, a loyal confession. Check this out, verse 32 and 33. This is not the most important. Therefore, whoever confesses Jesus before men, him I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me Jesus before men, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. know it's sobering to consider facing persecution for your faith, but it's also reassuring to know that Jesus will always be with you no matter what you endure in his name. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review the lesson you've heard today, we'll send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. Just call 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's teaching title, Faithful Disciples Tested. To further equip you as Christ's unwavering witness, we'd like to offer you the 12-lesson discipleship series we're currently airing. Available on either CD or an MP3 thumb drive, this study from Raul will guide you into a new place of confident surrender as you make the daily choice to walk in step with God's will.
To order Raul's 12-message discipleship series, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send you this study on CD for a gift of $23 or on an MP3 flash drive for $18. That's 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Thanks for your tax-deductible gifts. Your partnership is a great blessing that enables us to keep sharing the good news of the gospel. We hope you'll join us again next time for the conclusion of our discipleship series. As we reflect on Jesus' humble prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, we'll see that our Savior fully understands the cost when He calls us to lay down our life and surrender to God's will. Here's Roll now once again with a closing thought from today's teaching. Christ here is talking about confessing Him in the most difficult moments imaginable when you're being persecuted and not denying Him. In Mark 8, 38, He says, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when He comes in the glory of His Father with His holy angels. Second Peter 2, 1. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. First John 2.22 Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Messiah? He is an antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Imagine that. Denying the Lord and again confessing the Lord. Very important issue in the life of the church. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.